You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is good? It's your boy Sosa Kremenges, fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. Today, I have former host Brad Motter joining me to discuss which players from the Los Angeles Rams are catching our eyes, uh, which players may be disappointing us, and just how the Rams should attack the Buffalo Bills heading into Week 3. Obviously, the Rams are playing the Bills on the road in Week 3 on Sunday. We're going to get into that you know, later down the uh, road here in this episode. Brad, how's it going? Say what's up to the people. How'd you enjoy last week? Dude, I am good. Thanks for having me on. I'm ready to go get my free sign up on that NFL Game Pass. Just go watch that whooping that we put up on Philly. It felt good to see it done. We were talking a little bit before the podcast. Both of us have friends that are Philadelphia Eagles fans, so we were both texting very heavily during the game. And it was good to see the Rams win going away. I mean, many times in the in the last handful of years, We've made it way closer than it needs to be. So to see those guys kind of, you know, keep their foot on the gas and finish that game with a double-digit win uh, was was awesome. Definitely. That was highly enjoyable. I don't know if there's going to be anything that tops it this season, but uh, I guess we're already, you know, halfway into the bag here. We're going to keep discussing what happened last week in Week 2 when the Rams demolished the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so we're just going to kind of highlight some of the players that we thought stood out and, you know, some players that maybe we should keep our eyes on moving forward. So, Brad, I'll kick it to you first. You do your thing, and then I'll hop in right after you. Yeah, definitely. I think, again, we got to go right to that O-line and just give almost a, a little mini standing ovation to those guys. Be able to hold it down and give Jared Goff the the time to get some of this stuff done. Yes, it's some, some scheme stuff, but uh, I think you talked about it the other day. It was Andrew Whitworth was the highest graded tackle uh, by Pro Football Focus, yep. and that stuff is awesome. And we'll talk about some of these guys a little bit later down the road as well, but uh, got to give credit uh, where credit is due, and that's that offensive line. And we saw no boom go down, which, you know, feel terrible for the guy. Again, two years in a row with some injuries, and it shouldn't be as long on the injury uh, list for him. But in a weird way, it might be maybe the best that that line needed. David Edwards kind of slid right in there, and he seems to fit that role a little bit better, at least in my eyes. He's a big boy. Uh, he did great when he got in there, so we'll see if he can take on that challenge and and maybe never look back. I mean, remember thinking about Austin Blythe when he first got his action. It was uh, I want to say was it Jamal Brown yeah. got suspended for two games? Yeah, and uh, he never gave that job back. And then uh, that was kind of the end for Brown on the Rams. And I'm not saying this is going to be the end of Noteboom because I think obviously they have some vision for him on maybe other places. But is this an opportunity for David Edwards to go in there? and take that job and never give it back. And then I got to give credit because the guy that they were protecting, Jared Goff, continues to look so comfortable back there. And again, thank you, O-Line, for that. Uh, the play action is alive and thriving. Uh, week two, I saw someone posted, uh, he was 12 of 15, 158 yards, two touchdowns on the play action. Uh, that stuff is awesome. You got your much uh, requested tight end throwback. That was beautiful mm-hmm. to Higby. Uh, so those deep balls are looking good when they're taking their shots. Jared Goff is looking comfortable 
and confident in those throws. So I got to give him some credit there. Uh, Daryl Henderson running great uh, about time. I think a lot of us were saying, but man, uh, it's also good to know that that position group has some depth and, and Henderson took advantage of those snaps. And then again, I said it last week, but I'll say it again. And I'll probably say it every stinking week if we can continue to do it. But balance, 39 rushes, 27 passes. This team is at its best when it's a run-first team. You think of the uh, 11 personnel, a lot of the Jared Goff throwing potentially to a you know two guys, three guys maybe even for 1,000 yards. But it is built off of that run. So to see the balance and see 39 rushes and 27 passes, Jared Goff being efficient with those 27 passes is something that uh, I'll bring up every stinking week if he does it, and I'll be super happy because it, that is the success to Jared Goff now being a deep threat down the field as people are looking out for the run. He's got the cannon. We got the receivers to get the step. I love the balance. Definitely. I agree with a lot of what you said there. Uh, some of the names that you know caught my eye, and I've got some interesting numbers here to share too. I think you've got to start with cornerback Darius Williams. I mean, coming into the season, I was very high on Williams. I was excited to see how he was going to play, where he was going to play. And so, so far, the Rams have been lining up on the boundary opposite of Jalen Ramsey where, uh, you know, they kicked uh, Troy Hill into the nickel spot. And so through two games, Darius Williams has allowed a 41.1 passer rating, which is just outstanding. Now, if you looked at last game, he was targeted three times. He only gave up one reception, which was a 25-yard reception. It was a first down as well, obviously. But he also had, obviously, that huge interception that, was momentum mm-hmm. shifting and ultimately saved the Rams at least three points and maybe more. But he allowed Carson Wentz a 25.0 passer rating in this pass contest. You get a passer rating of 39 when you just throw the ball into the dirt every single snap. So Carson wow. Wentz would have been better off just throwing the ball into the <laughs> dirt rather than targeting Darius Williams. I think that just goes to show you how outstanding he was this game. Um, another name that you know not many people are talking about that I thought really flashed, especially when I watched the All-22 was Morgan Fox. He had 20 pass rush snaps. He had two total pressures that ranked second on the team, only behind Aaron Donald. And that gave him a 10% win rate, which again, ranked second on the team outside of Aaron Donald. Now, Morgan Fox is not a guy who's going to play a three down role and, and, you know, get down in dirty in that running game. But what he showed me in this past week, I was very surprised to see just how effective he was as a pass rusher. I would not be surprised if he continues to gain more playing time on third downs and, you know, second and longs and obvious passing situations. I would like to see Morgan Fox out there more often next to Aaron Donald. And then the last guy I'll highlight is rookie Van Jefferson. Again, he's shown out. He had four targets, caught all four of them. He had four receptions, obviously. He had 45 receiving yards on those receptions, two of which were first downs. And that's very important because I looked deep into the numbers. Two of those catches were on third and fourth down. So, his catches, and he, he not only are they important, not only is he gaining yardage, but he's making it happen on money down. So this is exactly what the Rams envisioned for him and what a lot of fans envisioned for him, uh, maybe not even just in his rookie season, but you know throughout the rest of his career. But he's going to be a guy who's going to you know excel as a route runner. He's going to create separation. But not only that, he's going to move the chains. And that's exactly what the Rams brought him in for, to be another guy like Cooper Cup, another guy like Robert Woods, who can get out there on third and seven, route up a defensive back, catch the ball, and move the chains. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's already converted two first downs in just this past game. So I think Van Jefferson continues to show out. I, you know, he looks very impressive. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to steal snaps from a guy like Josh Reynolds. Um, and, you know, the more he converts these first downs, and the more he shows up on money downs and the most important down, 
you know, the more playing time he's really going to garner moving forward. And so I would look out to uh, see more of him, uh, you know, down the line. Yeah, definitely. Two quick notes to add to that. One, you mentioned it, but uh, coming up clutch in big time situations also shows you Jared Goff feels that he's not too uh, young for that spotlight and that he trusts him right away, which is awesome. And it kind of goes back to what Cooper Cup said coming into the season is that Van Jefferson isn't in a receiver one-on-one class. He's in a receiver 301 class yep. and that he has it at that level to step in and handle all the big situations, which really makes our offense dangerous. If you got to be thinking about Van Jefferson on a third and five, where you also are thinking about Robert Woods, Cooper cup, and you know, anybody coming out of the backfield, it adds a lot of value to the offense there that a guy can step in as a rookie and see that right away being able to play. And then Morgan Fox, I'm so glad you gave him a shout out and, and mentioned him because you know, this is a guy, I think it was, was it last year that he got injured in training camp and was out for the whole season. And there was kind of some high hopes for him kind of coming into that. And then he never really got a chance. So for him to be healthy and to be in there and to be in the mix. And when we're, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but that's one of my things that we need more of is those guys on the D line and putting more pressure. And so if it's a guy like Morgan Fox, who's been with the organization, obviously they stuck with him through that injury and brought him back and he made this roster I love it because he's one of those grinders down there that you're always going to be like, oh, it was Morgan Fox. I don't know how much you can expect from him. But he's out there getting it done and constantly is in the mix on the play. And so whether it's 16, 18, 20 snaps, whatever he gets, he can make those valuable. That's the type of stuff that we need on that defense to kind of motivate some of these other guys around to be like, hey, look at look at Foxy over here is getting it done with 18 snaps. I better go, you know, hit that extra rep or whatever it is. So I'm glad you mentioned it because – he went through an injury, came back, and I'm excited to see him playing so well. Absolutely. He's been very surprising to me, and it's a pleasant surprise, really. Now, uh, we've touched base with the players, you know, that impressed us in this past week. Uh, in the next segment, you know, coming up in just a moment, we're going to discuss which players impressed us thus far into the 2020 season and, and just players that may be disappointing as well. So we're going to kind of step back and look at, you know, the week one and week two as a whole. But while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP. You can find Brad at LA underscore Rambling Bear. And you can find the page at Locked On Rams. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. In the last segment, I teased this upcoming discussion that Brad and I are going to have in this segment, which will ultimately include uh, which players have impressed us thus far into the 2020 season. And, you know, some players that may kind of be disappointing so far through two weeks. Now, we touched base on, you know, certain guys that stood out in week two in the first segment. But uh, why don't we now, you know, look at the first two weeks as a whole and just kind of evaluate guys that we think, you know, are standing out and guys that maybe we expected more from to begin the season, Brad? Yeah, I think it goes, I'm going to double down on this. And I gave him a little shout out in that first segment, but 
Big wit, man. Um, a little surprising, to be honest, because we know how, how much of a legend he is. and He's going to be a Hall of Famer and all that. But if you go back to last year, he started out pretty slow and pretty bad at the beginning of the season. He really found his groove near the end. And I don't know if he was a little banged up or what it was. And you thought maybe no training camp, all this. It was it was a worrisome of me of who, who are we getting at the beginning of the season. And he has been awesome. So that is that gives me a lot of hope for uh him the rest of the season if he can stick with that type of production and last year he had a lot of penalties we are not seeing that from him this year so he's cleaned that back up because in his the history of his career he really wasn't a guy that got a lot of penalties so last year that was kind of out of the norm so um that's definitely a guy i want to circle because he's the heart of that offensive line and man he has been playing awesome i think this is hands down every rams fans would would feel this at some point but i've got to say fuller as well i mean he is just impressed in that secondary uh, what I love about him is he's got he he obviously improved from week one to week two, and as a rookie, I think that is the hugest thing that you can see an improvement along the season. We knew he was good week one, you know, he missed a couple tackles, and uh, but just seeing the improvement from week one to two, and he's going to get one or two a game where he just sticks somebody, he just squares a guy up where they think they're going to just make a little move and get by him, and he sticks them right square in the chest, and he brings them to the ground like a wrestler almost. Uh, and that's what I love from him is just seeing him not only do it, but get better. Um, that's been impressive to me so far this season for those guys. I've got a couple that are maybe on the negative side. So maybe I'll let you kick a couple that you've been happy with and then we can maybe go on to the side that we're still waiting to see these guys. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to double down with my first segment, Darius Williams. I mean, I was excited to see him. You know, we've seen him in very small, uh, you know, sample sizes in last season and in preseason from last season. And he always looked impressive to me. I'm always, I was always, you know, keeping an eye on this guy, looking at him, and he just made plays on the ball. Now, this year, I feel like he's a little bit more consistent in his coverage, but again, he's just playmaking. He's just making plays on the ball. He's smart. He's got a fantastic ability to recover. Uh, and as a defensive back, I mean, you're going to get beat. This is the NFL. We've seen Stefan Gilmore, who was last year's defensive player of the year, just get absolutely toasted by DK Metcalf for a 50-yard touchdown on uh, Sunday night. So, the ability to recover is very important because at some point you are going to get beat and, you know, the quicker and the more ground you can, you know, cover when you are beat, the more plays you're going to make on the ball. And we've seen that obviously in this past week with that interception. Um, another guy that's really impressed me again, even dating back to last year, Daryl Henderson. I mean, right now, if we ignore the snap minimums on PFF, uh, obviously because they don't want to include everyone with tiny sample sizes, but right now Henderson ranks as the second highest graded running back with his 82.4 overall PFF grade. Now, you know, this, this isn't really surprising to me because last season I thought he was the best running back on the team. I, I thought he clearly looked like he had more juice than Todd Gurley. He clearly, you know, had a ton of explosion. He just didn't get the ball much. He didn't really play. So, you know, coming into this season, he was obviously a question mark. He didn't touch the ball last year. He didn't play. And now, you know, the Rams invested in guys like Cam Akers and whatnot. And, you know, Cam Akers gets hurt. Malcolm Brown gets hurt. Now the Rams have to rely on a 80% Daryl Henderson, who's still nursing a hamstring injury himself. And he looked freaking outstanding. So, I mean, the Rams clearly have somewhat of an issue almost at that running back position. They have three guys that deserve the ball that aren't going to all be able to get the ball. But uh, that's, you know, the two guys that have been the most impressive to me. Why don't you kick it off with, you know, who's kind of disappointed you? Yeah, also loving Daryl Henderson on my fantasy team on the bench. <laughs> Did not drop him after week one after Malcolm Brown's explosion. Hung on to him, and, and we'll see if that pays off. But, yeah, I love that as well. Shows depth in that that 
uh, position group, which is great for that team too, because we expect those other two guys to get back, but it just shows you that we can have two injuries and still have a dominant back back there, which is awesome and something we haven't really had over the past couple of years. Um, but as far as the negative stuff, um, you know, I think if, if I say Fuller is up and on the kind of the radar up, that means maybe someone else is down. That would be Taylor Rapp. Yeah. We talked about growth from one game to the next. I was really hoping to see some big growth from one season to the next, but this is kind of that classic sophomore slump, right? Um, but again, maybe it's the playing time. Maybe Fuller just kind of outworked them in camp and now, now, you only have so many positions out there, and especially with the, you know, talking about the incredible DBs that we have and and John Johnson back. So uh, it's tough for Rap to find a place to fit in this year, but hopefully that means he can step it up on some special teams. But kind of for him, I thought I'd see more of him when we did our lockdown crossover. Uh, it was a toss-up between Darius Williams and Taylor Rapp that I went for kind of our breakout star this year. And uh, I probably chose wrong. I took Taylor Rapp, and <laughs> right now, so far, um, you know, it's definitely probably more Darius Williams at this point. And then I think another thing that is 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 lacking for me right now is just that burst on the D-line. Um, you talked about yesterday, the Rams are okay giving up those three, five, eight-yard chunks on the ground because they're not giving up the big play. Uh, but if you go back and watch the last two weeks, those quarterbacks have way too much time back there. Uh, we've been getting some pressures, and Aaron Donald's going to do his thing, even though he was held pretty much in check last game. Uh, but we're going to need somebody to step up. I'm excited to see when we can get uh, Terrell Lewis back and when he's going to be, I think, after week three, maybe week four, we'll see him. Uh, but we're going to need some of these guys. You talked about Leonard Floyd being great in that run-stuffing area, but we're going to need him to get some more pressure. Obo Garankwa, we need him to get in there. We need to find somebody that can put some pressure on there outside of Aaron Donald. And then the last thing probably for me is, and not to be hard on him, but Troy Hill. I mean, you mentioned – out of everybody in, uh, you know, that secondary, he was ranking the the lowest on the Rams. And, yeah, I mean, he came out really hot last year, finishing the season as, as CB2. Um, not so hot in the slot this year. Uh, but, again, thankfully, we've got those two other guys, Ramsey and Williams, balling on the outside. But uh, maybe that's the case is that, that they have to find somewhere to throw the ball if those two guys are locking it down and, and they're just kind of picking on Troy Hill. But I think he'll get comfortable. It's just a new uh, – new spot for him right now and maybe trying to fit into that defense. But I think Troy Hill, I'm, I want him to kind of start playing a little bit better. But again, it goes back to the last couple of years. I'm always a little bit too hard on Troy Hill. So I, I should cut him a break one of these days, but uh, I'm expecting for him to get better. But right so far this season hasn't been overly impressive with, with Troy Hill. Yeah, he's definitely one of the names I had on my list as well. And I, you know, we are nitpicking to some degree. I mean, this team looks freaking good. So yes, um, exactly. For me, it's got to be Joe Nopum, number one. I, I was concerned yeah. about him at the guard spot coming into the season. And obviously, he's graded out you know, as by far the worst offensive lineman for the Rams this season, particularly as a run blocker, which, again, is no surprise. He just has a finesse game. He's not a mauling run blocker. Um, but you know, even in this past game, when he was replaced by David Edwards, Edwards actually had a better pass blocking grade, too. So I, you know, I was excited about Edwards coming into the season. David Edwards, that is... Um, so, you know, like to me, this might actually ultimately be an upgrade if, if you know, we look at down the line how Edwards performs compared to how Nopum looks. So, yeah. uh, you know, Nopum one of those guys that I think just belongs at the tackle spot. Now, he might not be good out there. I don't know. But I definitely think his skill set's far better suited for that. So I don't think the Rams are necessarily doing him any favors by putting him at guard. Um, but another name that, you know, comes up for me, and it's been a little bit up and down, is Micah Kaiser. Now, you know, he's making a lot of tackles. He's got a lot of, you know, run stops and 
things like that. Uh, he obviously had the forced fumble in, in this past game on Miles Sanders to open the game really in the first drive. So he's made some good plays. Now, you know, I, I, I'm just concerned about him in coverage, particularly. He's been targeted 20 times, and out of those 20 times, he's allowed receptions 13 times, uh, six of which have have gone for first downs. Now, you know, he, he's not terrible in coverage, but I I think you just notice a bit of a lack of, you know, athleticism and burst. You, I mean, the Eagles had Miles Sanders running all around the field, and he was open on a lot of occasions, and Carson Wentz simply just overthrew him now. I don't know what you know that what the reason was. I think maybe they had a lack of chemistry because Sanders has been hurt for a little while now. Uh, but you know, had Carson Wentz put some better balls on Sanders, I mean, Kaiser is getting toasted in coverage at least a couple times in that week two matchup. So that's something I'm a little bit concerned about moving forward. You know, I think Kenny Young is a lot more athletic. I think he might be you know better suited for a, a you know a coverage role as opposed to Kaiser, particularly against some of the crazy athletic backs that we have in the NFL today. So you know, those are. Two of the names that I think are a little bit disappointing, not necessarily terrible. Again, we are nitpicking. So uh, this team, you know, has been very good, but, uh, you know, not everyone can be a pro bowler. So those are the two names that kind of stood out for me. Going into the next segment, we're going to really, we're going to really change it up here. So we're going to talk about how the Rams can really take advantage of the Buffalo Bills in week three. You know, we're going to talk about where the Rams may hold, you know, certain advantages and certain disadvantages and just how that matchup is really going to go with the Rams hitting the road for the second time in back-to-back weeks. And while we've got you, just make sure to check back on Thursday uh, when Locked On Bills host Joe Marino and I host our crossover special show. We're going to be highlighting both the Rams and the Bills ahead of their week three showdown, and we're going to do it in-depth And while we've got you, once again, thank you to MyBookie for sponsoring today's episode. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. Last segment, I teased the beginning of Brad and I starting to touch up on the Rams' Week 3 showdown with the Buffalo Bills. Now we're going to sort of just delve into, you know, where we think the Rams may hold some advantages as well as some disadvantages and really just our uh, preliminary thoughts on, you know, this showdown between two of the 11 unbeaten teams that are left in the NFL. And so uh, the Rams and the Buffalo Bills obviously are not very familiar opponents. You know, they they don't play in the same conference. They don't play in the same division. They hardly ever play. I think, you know, very often these teams are really only playing every four years. And so uh, it's going to be a lack of knowing exactly what the opponent kind of wants to do. Obviously, these coaches are going to be watching coaches film and, you know, getting up to speed. But this isn't like some rivalry or some divisional matchup where you know them and they know you and they know what you want to do and you know what they want to do. This is going to be, I think, a battle of, you know, two very good head coaches in Sean McVay and Sean McDermott. Uh, and two of the brightest young coaches in the league right now, and a battle of the minds, really, a battle of who's going to out-scheme who and out-X's and O's the other guy. And so I think whoever can kind of design a game plan and scheme a game plan uh, is going to really stand out in this contest. Now, why don't you begin, Brad, with you know some of your thoughts on this contest in terms of the advantages and potential disadvantages for the Rams? Yeah, I think it, for the Rams, again, it's <clears throat> I hate to be a broken record here, but uh, sticking to that balanced mm-hmm. attack that's worked so well in the first two weeks and, and don't try to mess up too much with, with that game plan. Run the ball, play action over the top, mix in some straight dropbacks from for Jared Goff and uh, protect the ball. The Rams have been really good at protecting the ball. Jared Goff had that interception week one, uh, you know, where he's hitting the helmet and his head almost got taken off. And other than that, he seems to be pretty, you know, well taking care of that football. Same with our, our running backs. I know we've had 
a couple uh, things here and there, but taking care of the football on the road. And it's going to be interesting because they've got a great defense. So it's, it's going to be tough to just say and go out and play perfect ball. But if you can do that on the road, there's no crowd. Uh, again, working that hard count. And then keeping Josh Allen in the pocket. We play a lot of these type of guys, not only this year, but in our division every year. So uh, our team, I feel like, is well-versed in this type of player. Josh Allen has a little bit more of that Ben Roethlisberger run through a tackle more than like mm-hmm. a Kyler Murray who's just going to juke you out of your <laughs> shorts. But I, I still think you got to, you know, keep them in the pocket as much as possible and limit those big plays. They've had eight plays of over 20 yards or more uh, in this last game. And then three of those covered 45 yards or more. So so we got to uh, limit those big plays. And, and, you know, mentioning Josh Allen, he's leading the league in passing yards, 729 yards in just two games. So we got to find a way to hold him, you know, potentially under 300 yards, find him. Make him dump the ball down. You talked about it in the earlier podcast. Give up those three, four, five-yard uh, plays and not those 30-yard plays. And uh, that goes with uh, Diggs as well, trying to keep him in check. And I'm so excited to see that matchup uh, of our corners and their wide receivers because they've got a lot of awesome, high-powered weapons. I think Diggs has got 16 receptions uh, through the first two games. So can we limit him on on some of those passes or at least kind of keep him you know, underneath getting, you know, 15-yard chunk plays or those 20-yard chunk plays that they're so good at. Um, And we'll see on that. But again, first down, winning first down. uh, The Buffalo Bills, I think last week, averaged 7.5 yards uh, per play on first down. That was the highest of the whole season across the NFL. So we got to find ways to slow them down on first down, make sure no more big plays. I think those are a couple of the big, really keys to slowing down this offense on there and then for us just do what we do best right continue to work all those different things and I think you mentioned it yesterday's podcast that the Rams you know are mixing in that 12 personnel but they're still really sticking with 11 personnel a, a good amount of time but uh, they're more creative with it you know you're seeing a lot of McVay getting creative with the play calling again that people kind of caught up to what he was doing last year and he's you know kind of mixing in some different things but whether that's Kevin O'Connell that's helping out or Sean McVay just realizing hey I can't do the same thing over a couple years in a row like I've got to get creative with it so keep doing that keep doing the wide receiver handoffs that keeps people honest with the motion um, and work Henderson into this this game plan and hopefully Malcolm Brown I think it was a, a pinky that was messed up or a finger Hopefully we get him back to, to mix in some carries. And I wouldn't even mind Cam Akers sitting out if his ribs are, are you know, as sore as it sounds like they should be. Uh, but this is a very winnable game. And if you asked, if you talked to us at the beginning of this season, this was a game that made me really nervous. This is the one that I actually had circled as a loss originally in the season. I had him going 2-0. I had him losing this game. But I've kind of changed my mindset on that as far as the way that they played in this first couple games and seeing who – uh, you know, the Bills played in the first couple games. It's going to be maybe their biggest challenge of the season. So are the Bills as legit as they look on the stat sheet? Um, the Rams have had this mantra in the past of being road warriors back 2018. They were 6-2 and two on the road. There's no crowd. Go out there. It's a business trip. McVay is very good at selling these guys. They're buying in. Uh, a lot of veterans on this team, so I expect them to go out to Buffalo. A return of Robert Woods. Hopefully he has a big game out in Buffalo, kind of show them what they're missing after he got that new signed contract. But uh, I'm excited about this matchup. What are your thoughts, Sosa? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to piggyback a lot off of a lot of what you said. I thought you really hit the the nail on the head with a lot of your points there. So this is the Buffalo Bills' offense. Um, this is one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL right now. So 
They rank second in explosive plays passing, with which I believe is 15-plus yards uh, downfield, uh, with 18. So they, they rank top two in that regard. Uh, in deep pass attempts, they rank 11th in the NFL with nine, which we, you know, you mentioned Josh Allen's a guy that likes to push that ball. He, he doesn't want to play conservative. And their running game at the end of the day is also very productive. They rank 10th in explosive run percentage with 16%. So this is an offense that's obviously creating, you know, in the running department and in the passing department. And like you mentioned, Josh Allen is currently leading the NFL in passing yards. And the, you know, the chemistry between he and Stephon Diggs, his new receiver, has been pretty much seamless. I mean, they've been absolutely toasting teams going deep, uh, as well as, you know, last year's 1,000-yard receiver in John Brown, who the Rams should know pretty well because they used to play him back in the day in Arizona. And so um, they're going to really have to keep everything in front of them. And I I think the Rams match up well in that regard because through two games, that's what I've noticed just from watching the film is that they're happy to give up, you know, five or seven or nine yards. And the corners are going to play off. They're going to play a lot of bail technique. They're going to line up and press. But as soon as the snap, the ball is snapped, they're opening their hips and they're going and retrieving backwards because they're happy to give up. Like I said, those eight, seven, eight, nine yard chunk pass plays or whatever, uh, as well as, you know, the run plays that we've seen in the last week in the second half when Miles Sanders was ripping off a lot of seven or eight yard gains. And so I think that matches up very well with who Josh Allen is because Allen is not a guy who wants to check it down. He's not a guy who wants to go three by five by seven yards and 15 play drives and like this is a guy who's going to be very mobile he's going to run around a lot he's going to try to punish defenders with his size and his speed and this is a guy who wants to push the ball downfield as a passer now you know we've seen it in last week even at the end of the game against the Dolphins you know they essentially had the game wrapped up and he was pushing the ball like insanely down the field one of the passes almost got picked off and another one was like inches away from a defensive uh backfield player closing in on it so like, I think he's going to really give the Rams' uh, secondary and corners and even linebackers potentially a lot of opportunities to make plays in this game. I think the Rams are going to really try yep. to limit everything deep, keep everything in front. And I think Allen's just going to get very tired of, you know, playing that five-yard, five-yard, eight-yard game. And I think he's going to really take some silly and errant shots because that's just who he is as a player. Now, are the Rams going to take advantage of that? I don't know. I think that's probably going to decide the game, whether, you know, they can force him into a turnover or two. Uh, and whether that pass rush can kind of, you know, move him off his spot and, and get him uncomfortable. Now, you know, he kind of looks comfortable with being uncomfortable, but I really think he's going to push the ball errantly at least a couple of times. And if the Rams can kind of take advantage of that defensively, obviously they're going to have a great shot to win. Anytime you win the turnover battle, you've got a great shot to win. Now on the opposite side of the ball on the Rams' offense, the offensive line needs to play great. I mean, the Bills, they rank fifth right now in total pressures generated with 46. Their D-line is fantastic. I mean, their defense is fantastic on all three levels, but that's a D-line that, you know, can get really, really a ton of pressure on quarterbacks. So the Rams, you know, they need to get that offensive line back up to par, similar to how they played in week one as opposed to this past week, though they were, you know, really solid again in week two. Uh, but this is going to be their toughest test yet, I think. And so, um, you know, David Edwards is going to have to get up to speed. They're going to have to get that whole... Uh, gelling chemistry situation down really quickly and I think like you said just do more of what you've done in the past two weeks now you know that that D-line wants to pin their ears back and they want to get after the quarterback so incorporate the screen game like you did in the past two weeks you know they're gonna have to run hard they're gonna have to run early and often you can out physical these guys now like you can't just get away from the running game because they're a good run defense you're gonna just simply have to up ground and pound at some point and, and do as good as you can on the ground and kind of work the rest of your game off that play action as they have over the past two weeks. And we've seen just how 
you know, effective the offense can be when everything works in unison. So my key really offensively for the Rams is do more of the same. Uh, get these guys, particularly on the defensive line, moving east to west as opposed to north and south. Uh, you know, hit them with screens because you know they're wanting they're going to want to get after Jared Goff and just do more of the same, really, and take your shots when you get them and if you get them and if not, just keep chipping away because uh, this defense is going to keep you know the Rams in ball games. Ultimately, I don't think anyone's really going to be putting up forty or fifty points, uh, at least not at this point in the season. And you know, the Bills aren't a team that have been battle tested. Really, they've played arguably two of the worst teams in football, maybe the two worst right. teams in football. So the Rams have played two very tough opponents now. You know, the, the Eagles don't look as good as everyone thought they might be coming into the season. But, I mean, if you told anyone that the Rams were going to go 2-0 and, like, convincingly win both games, uh, you know, prior to the season, I'm pretty sure everybody would take that and everybody uh, would, you know, think of the Rams as a real contender. And you can see it just in how much they've shifted in the power rankings. They've, you know, went from the 24th-ranked team or whatever to, you know, pretty much universally being top 10 now. And so clearly the respect is building and, you know, people are buying back into this team and they should be because the Rams look really good. Do you have any parting thoughts with, you know, just how we're going to go ahead here in uh, week three? Do you have a prediction maybe you want to share? I'm kind of putting you on spot, but. No, I like it. And I, I think it's going to be like last week I had us up in the 30s. And really, I think my prediction was almost within a couple points on both sides. I think it's going to be a little less this week. I think the Buffalo's defense is going to be the most legit defense we've seen um and you know in in buffalo so i i have it like a 28 23 i see this as a close game i think josh allen you talked about is going to push it down the field one too many times i think there's going to be uh, a couple turnovers that go in our direction and and hopefully the rams get a chance to finish them out and maybe win by more than a touchdown but i have it like a 28 23 margin and then if we come out of this game with a win my final thought really is looking at the schedule we've got the Giants, the Redskins, the depleted 49ers, uh, and then it gets to Bears and Dolphins and we start going deeper in the schedule. But um, right after this game, if we come home 3-0, you're looking at the next two games with the New York Giants and the Washington football team. Uh, you can look at a team that could be going into 5-0 and to their first divisional opponent, which could be really exciting. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. we got to start this week. But uh, this is a team that can come home after this trip and be very happy after two early road games coming home back to home with uh, with a 3-0 record. But I got us win, uh, close game. Hopefully the Rams, maybe another uh, late interception to seal it as they're trying to go down and make get some points to, to tie this thing up. I love it. I love it. I I will share my prediction later in this week. Uh, you know, I think Rams fans will probably be pretty happy with what I've got to say about that. But uh, even, you know, I can't remember the stat now off the top of my head, but in one o'clock games, you know, on the road, Sean McVay's team has performed incredibly well. And so... You know, I expect these guys to be ready to go. Uh, I don't, you know, think this team's going to have any lulls in terms of, you know, kind of just being asleep and walking in there asleep. Now, it's going to be a great game. Two of the 11 teams that are left unbeaten in the NFL are going to play on Sunday between the Rams and the Bills. And just make sure to check back in with us on Thursday when I get locked on Bills host Joe Marino and I, you know, to discuss uh, these two teams. And we're going to have and host our crossover special show Uh, just highlighting both these teams and we're going to really get in depth with it just a reminder come connect with us on twitter you can find me at qb's mep you can find brad at la underscore rambling bear you can find the page at locked on rams please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes content breaking news and a whole lot more